This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all new, better than ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ayo, hey, welcome into CHGO White Sox podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio B There and My Closet here. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And back in Studio B is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He is the CHGO White Sox community leader. And to his right in the pink Floyd shirt is Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's you the, see CHGO the Sox? White Sox beat writer. No, I didn't see his socks. Oh, the, they're the, nice and orange. Oh, they're the brawler. Oh, nice. It's a nice little, uh, you know, sunset look you got going on. Absolutely. There, Absolutely. It's the, it's they're the, today they're the Chicago orange socks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> very, very nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, we, we probably should, you know, we can, uh, we can have blue socks. They've worn blue before. Uh, they've worn red before. So yeah, you know, they could be the Chicago uh, Red Sox uh, is in very fitting because we have the Boston Red Sox uh, coming to, uh, I guess not, I guess they're going to town, you know, they're not coming to town. They're going to town. They're going to Boston. So we'll talk about that a little bit later. We'll preview the series matchup between the White Sox and Red Sox this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We'll also talk about the return of Lucas Giolito and Joe Kelly, or not Lucas Giolito, but Yohan Mankata and uh, Joe Kelly to this staff. And we'll also talk about this team improving because they did have an eight-game losing streak, but it feels like things are starting to turn around. So let's start there, guys. Vinny, you saw the two games in Wrigley. Herb, we watched it. Uh, you at the CHGO studio with the CHGO Cub crew, uh, me back at my abode. What have you guys seen over the past couple games from the Sox? Where have they been improving? Where have they been a little bit more sharper in your guys' opinion? Starts with starting pitching, right? I mean, I think that's what you got to go with. And, uh, you know, I don't obviously not every game is going to be Dylan Cease, Michael Kopech, and Lucas Giolito. Uh, but, you know, once you add Lance Lynn to that that group, that's four strong because Michael Kopech really looks like a, a, a reliable weapon for those guys in the starting, uh, starting rotation right now. Uh, I think what he showed, even in just four innings in those miserable conditions on Tuesday night, uh, was pretty impressive. And I think he's been, you know, really good here to start. Uh, I think he got to be if you're the White Sox nothing but happy with what he's been able to do so far so starting pitching is where it begins obviously um, but man the bullpen's been great too uh, and and what you're getting out of Matt Foster wow out of nowhere uh, has been very impressive too so listen I mean you just stop making a bunch of errors and this is what happens uh, even if you're not scoring a bunch of runs as long as the pitching is there they can they can carry you. and uh, I mean that's what so they saw last year right I mean the starting mm-hmm. rotation was the was the best in the American League by the time the uh, regular season and finished up to be looking at a similar type situation this year. And that's what I take away too. The starting pitching is really strong for the White Sox. While the hitting is still at the league bottom, it's like the 28th best on base team. 
So you feel good. Like you've played poor baseball with the not picking up the baseball and not getting on base. You're still right there. Like you know that Yoan Moncada's coming back. Joe Kelly's coming back. You still have Lance Link coming back. Eloy Mena's coming back. Oh, and then you have the injury with Andrew Vaughn going on the IL today. And this series, these three games that they played, uh, the two versus the Cubs and the last game that they played at home, they've been playing baseball the way that they should be playing like versus the angels on saturday when you had the great performance on fritz velasquez that is probably the best game i've seen them play you saw them hit you saw them execute pitching fielding was great this is the team that we've all expected if they lose because the other team's better they just happen to score more runs you tip the cap but we earlier we saw them fumbling the ball around now you see them this is the team that we expect them to be Every day going forward, of course, they're going to make a couple errors, but the 20 they made early in the season was not them. And that's why we were upset. And now the Cubs series can catapult them into another team versus the Red Sox. And and this is really, you know, you say it's what it's what you guys expected to see from the White Sox, it's what the White Sox expected to see from themselves. And, and, and Lucas Giolito told us last night that 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 five run ninth inning in Sunday's game against the Angels. Yeah, they lost, but they were like, all right. This is back to normal. Uh, I think he said, you know, it's when they kind of collectively looked around and said, that's enough of this. Uh, we're going to get back to, to what we think we should be doing. Uh, and and as silly as it seems that a, a loss, a losing effort can be kind of the spark that ignites these guys, it's really what they're looking at uh, and as right now. And obviously there's a lot of baseball left to go. You know, they're still not perfect in the field. We mentioned that they're not really scoring that many runs. But if as long as they can kind of do what they know that they're capable of, uh, you know, in not kicking the ball all over the field and not, you know, just kind of going playing some embarrassing ball for a whole week at a time, uh, they can they can kind of get over this early hurdle and kind of look to what they were trying to do when the season started. Absolutely. And trying to help the pitching that has been for in most part good. The starters have allowed the ninth lowest ERAs uh, or ninth lowest uh, earned runs uh, total. So if you're not even adjusting to the earned runs, because obviously the innings pitched haven't been great for the Sox. You'd like to see the starters pitch a little bit more. But with the injuries and with obviously Kopech having an innings limit, uh, I think you've been getting good effort from the starting pitchers. And right now, the the Sox bullpen is top 10 in war, uh, 14th in earned runs allowed so obviously there's been some struggles with Aaron Bummer there's been some struggles with Liam Hendricks but the pitching has been fantastic for the Sox and I think that's what's most frustrating because we knew that the hitting should have been good for the Sox and it's been frustrating results honestly because you look at the expected uh, stats for for the Sox because of their bad uh, ball profile I've liked that it felt they've had more of an approach the last couple of games. It really feels like starting on Monday with that Angels game against Sandoval, they had an approach, they had a plan, they scored in the first inning. We saw that again in a couple of Cubs games. Obviously, Jose Abreu hit the home run uh, on uh, yesterday, and then Jake Berger had you know the the uh, the, the little dribbler to Patrick Wisdom. Reese McGuire had a sack bunt, so it, it was nice to see runs scored to help out the pitching because this team so far even though the uh, record is uglier than we expected I do think that they're probably going to have more 500 months or above 500 months than they will sub 500 months like they just did in April yeah this is a tough month but I think they're feeling confident that they can beat a mediocre right now Boston Red Sox team two out of three and they got a gauntlet coming up I think the uh, the Yankees are on the schedule Boston again the Guardians you play the Cubs at the end of this uh, month but with the team getting healthy, with the reinforcements coming back, there's nothing but positive uh, vibes going on. They understand that they're not the team that showed up in April all year long. 
They can play better baseball, as you said. The at-bats have been much better. There's probably no changing Luis Robert, but you saw him draw a walk. That mm-hmm. is, that's growth. Same thing from Tim Anderson, drawing walks, seeing a couple more pitches. That will get the on-base better. That will drive in a couple more runs because they're, I think, 28th in runs scored right now. We know that's not the White Sox. We know that one of their strengths is scoring a lot of runs and hitting them via the home run. They will do that eventually. So I'm nothing but hardened uh, by the White Sox moving forward because I know the best team hasn't showed up yet and we have reinforcements coming through. So we're good. We're good to go. And then they could change the baseball back to the 2020 or 19 (laughs) ball. That would help us out too, MLB. Let's go. He is. Uh, that would help us out. And, uh, you know, some wins against the AL Central would also help us out right now. 11 and 13 tied for second with the Guardians in the AL Central at 11 and 13. Uh, so, Vinny, real quick, I do want to talk about this before we go into Yohan Makata and Joe Kelly. Uh, Herb mentioned it. You got the Red Sox and Yankees coming up. I think fans look at these as benchmarks. Like, what can we do against some of the better teams? Two teams that were in the playoffs last year. We saw them do well against the Rays when they came to town early early in April, but does this mean anything in the large grand scheme of things if they lose two out of three twice to the Yankees and Red Sox? How did the Sox view these benchmark, quote-unquote, series? Yeah, I don't think they view them that way at all, to be quite honest with you. And and and, and Rick Hahn kind of brought it up, I think, uh, on the day of the home opener. He was asked kind of, you know, do you – compare yourself to the to the other top teams in the American League throughout the year and he dismissed it right away and basically said you know just because whether whether we win uh, a series or lose a series to the Yankees in May has no indication on where either of those teams are going to be come October so I I think you know if we were talking about that they're going to have six games over a you know two-week stretch against the Yankees uh, and it's late September then it would mean something. You know what I mean? Because you're talking about basically a playoff a playoff style series right on the doorstep of the playoffs. It's May. You you just rattled off all the guys they don't have right now or the guys that they're getting back. Uh, they expect to have, you know, a full complement of health, uh, you know, with the exception of Garrett Crochet, come the end of the year when they might be playing the Yankees or, you know, who knows what happens with the Red Sox, any team in the playoffs. So I think that, the, the answer to your question is it, it's not a big deal for them, but that doesn't mean that fans and, and observers can't look around and say, hey, what, what's, you know, where are they at the moment? Remember, I remember last year they played that series in New York, and they, it, it was awful. It was one of the worst series they played all, all year long. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time the Field of Dreams game rolled around, everybody <laughs> kind of forgot about that one. So I, I think that, I think that <laughs> looks at uh, – I think that's a good way of looking at uh, this upcoming few weeks here. Obviously, the Yankees are on fire right now, and you don't want to be playing them if you're just trying to rack up wins, right? So, I mean, it, it is important from that standpoint that you're trying to win baseball games, and there's a team that's coming to town that uh, that is going to make it very difficult to do that. But in the grand scheme of themes, things, like you said, it's another series in May. Yeah, I mean, you, you are right about that fact. Uh, you're not really too worried about what the Yankees will look like in October because they're red hot right now in May. Uh, either way, that's a tough team to face, whether they have playoff expectations or not, a team uh, you know as hot as the Yankees are. And it is interesting that you bring up the series last year because that was, I think, a very turning point series for the Sox uh, in May. Uh, I think it was 20th, 21st, and 22nd uh, in New York. They get swept by the Yankees, but they were competitive if, in all three, if not two of those games, uh, late inning games uh, in the ninth inning on Friday and sat, uh, Sunday in those. So, I mean, the Sox did prove even last year that they can hang with the best of them. It's just now about closing 
those games out. Herb, did you? It looked like your body. Yeah, and that's what I'm talking about. The Yankees were a better team last year in those three games versus the White Sox. The White Sox didn't necessarily beat themselves, and it was good to see Andrew Vaughn in his rookie year turn around on Aroldis Chapman's fastball and hit it for a home run. That's a, it, it uh, had things to come. Like, he's done that versus Gregory Soto this year. You've seen that turn that around easily. So we know that Andrew Vaughn probably gained some confidence off of the one of the best closers in the game, and now it's just continuing to grow. I'm sad that he's on the I.L., but I know that kid's going to be a great hitter when he does come back from the I.L., and we got only good problems when these guys come back. Is that official yet, the I.L. move, Vinny? I know that it's it's saying they were talking about that it will happen, but has that been made official yet? Yeah, just before we went on here today, within okay. the last half hour, basically, they announced it. So uh, Andrew Vaughn to the injured list that's retroactive to Monday. So uh, the the first the earliest he would be eligible to come off of it would be a week from today, Danny Mendick up from Charlotte to take his place on the active roster. All right, there you go. Thank you for the update there. And we will have some more guys returning on Monday for the Guardian series. I do want to say what's up to Connor, Steve, No Expert, Matthew, uh, Edgar, Little Yumper, Zach, all in the chat hanging out with us today on this Thursday. We will be back on Sunday at 10 a.m. I did see, I think it was Steve saying, Apple TV is so lame. Well, we will be able to talk about the Apple TV game uh, between the Boston Red Sox and the White Sox. That's going to be Steve Stone, Jason Benetti, and Kevin U. So that should be a fun uh, booth so on Peacock. Sunday. That's Peacock, but... not Apple TV, right? Thought it was the same thing. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. Well, well, friends, no. <laughs> Close enough. They, we, uh, we, so we need help. They got, <laughs> we need they help. got the night off. Stoney will not be at that ballpark tonight. <laughs> I tell you what, he'll be uh, somewhere in Boston on Friday. Not yes. broadcasting that game. So Apple TV is not great. It's free. It just takes you to search it, download the app, watch the game. It doesn't matter. If you want to mute the sound and listen to Lynn and DJ, do that. That's a better uh, option for yourself. Right, and that that is Peacock. So, uh, but it will be Stony Uke and uh, Jason Benetti. So we do get to see how Kevin Euclidus works with that booth. Uh, Former that should White be Sox great, Kevin Euclidus. Yes. He had, I think he had 69 hits or something. I think I saw that on Twitter from uh, Jay Kuda. Uh, I think he had like 69 strikeouts and 69 hits with the White Sox. So a very nice career uh, for Kevin Euclid on the south side. Uh, let's talk about some returning faces. Obviously, Andrew uh, Vaughn going to the IL, Danny Mendick coming up. But on Monday after the Red Sox series, it is rumored that Joe Kelly and Yoan Moncada will be returning to the Chicago White Sox. Vinny, can you confirm? Well, it's the expectation. Uh, I think uh, I think uh, they they would have liked them to to be even you know sooner than that. But uh, Tony Larusa said that you know realistically uh, they're looking at the start of the next homestand, and that makes perfect sense. Uh, obviously, they wanted Joe Kelly to get a few outings under his belt uh, coming out of the bullpen in Charlotte, and obviously they wanted Yoan Moncada to take his time, having not played in any games uh, so far this year, and not really doing very uh, much during the Cactus League play either. Way back in uh, when spring training was still going. On so they wanted him to get ample at bats down there at Charlotte. Uh, I, I believe you'll see both of those guys on uh, Monday when that series against Cleveland starts. And uh, who knows, maybe Johnny Cueto will be joining them. Uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, this is an important weekend for the rotation, but uh, getting Moncada back, getting Kelly back, those are two huge boosts for this roster. Absolutely. And before we get to Cueto, I want to focus a little bit on Moncada. Uh, and let's talk first about maybe the guys that will go down, Herb. Uh, who do you expect? 
to be sent down. Obviously, we see Mendick getting called up here for Andrew Vaughn on the IL. I think that would maybe make sense. Uh, Mendick obviously getting sent down uh, recently with the 28-man roster going to 26. I don't know if they want to get rid of Jake Berger, but there is at least right there an overlap between Berger and Moncada's playing positions. So the expected move has always been Jake Berger for Yon Moncada to go down. But with now Danny Mendick and this Andrew Vaughn thing, uh, I don't know if your opinion changes on this. It doesn't. I mean, I think eventually Berger will go back down either when Johan comes back or when Andrew Vaughn comes back. But this time, I believe it'll be Danny Mendick who will be sent down. And as people have been speculating, probably a Bennett Sousa for Joe Kelly. It's he hasn't you know, he's performed as well as he can, but he's not, you know, uh, one of the best lefties that we have going right now. I mean, even though Aaron Bummer's struggling. He will not be sent down, guys. I know you guys want him to be sent down, but he will not be sent down. So it will be uh, those two lefties, Banks and Bummer, as the lefties, and then Joe Kelly returns. Another good problem to have, a wealth of great right-handed relievers. Nothing wrong with that. I'm in for that. Well, and the positive that we were told was that Joe Kelly faces left-handers and right-handers uh, very well. Uh, so he sees both of them uh, very well, can face them uh, very well. So I don't know if there's a concern losing a left-hander there because I think that they think Kelly does a good enough job against both handedness. Uh, but I do want to get to the point that Vinny made about Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto started down in Charlotte last night. He went three and two-thirds inning, giving up six hits, four earned runs, one walk, three strikeouts, and one of those earned runs was uh, off of a home run, a long ball there. So Johnny Cueto, you know, getting some starts down in Charlotte. Some have been good. Some of them have been bad, like last night. But the expectation, like you said, is that he should be joining the team soon here, Vinny. Uh, would you say that Monday Cleveland game where uh, we, we see Moncada and Kelly expected to return, do you think that might be a date for Cueto or maybe something pushed back here? Well, the thing with the starting pitcher that you got to remember is that they can, you know, wait so to speak, to make that move until that start is is needed, you know, until that spot in the rotation comes along. Um, obviously, you have the off day today, but uh, starting tomorrow, you're going to have a long stretch of games for the White Sox. Um, I think it's just going to be kind of interesting to see what happens because Tony La Russa has been talking about Johnny Cueto like he's going to be in this <laughs> rotation very soon. He's been he's saying, you know, they they want they want him here sooner than later. They think they can, that he can help them. That that has led me to believe that he's going to be up here, that it's not really a a, a contest, so to speak, mm -hmm. that he will be filling a rotation spot pretty soon. The question is, how do you rearrange that rotation to get Johnny Cueto into it? Um, Vince Velasquez, tremendous his last time out, but it's just one start. We'll see what happens tomorrow in Boston, whether he uh, keeps that going or not, earns a spot in the rotation, so to speak. But... Again, they were preparing him before Lance Lynn went down for a bullpen role to be kind of on call for emergency duty. Is it easier to just kind of shift him over there while you see what Johnny Cueto can give you and, and let Vince kind of take on that role in the bullpen that he was maybe targeted to play? Then you also got Dallas Keuchel. Dallas Keuchel's results have been bad so far this season. That's not a secret to anybody, including him. Uh, and... He obviously thinks that he's close to turning it around. The White Sox have expressed nothing but confidence in him, uh, you know, dating all the way back to the end of last season. But you're not you're not getting rid of Kopech, Giolito, or Cease. Mm -hmm. And if you're bringing Cueto up, that's for, you know, math. So uh, <laughs> it, we'll see. And, and, and speaking of math, Dallas Keuchel, if you were to knock him out of that rotation – comes with a pretty big price tag that you got to pay for the rest of the season, too. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. 
heck, Dallas Keuchel could start this weekend in Boston and twirl a gem against the Red Sox and change this entire conversation. So um, I think what's most likely is that, in again, this is just me guessing. This is gut feeling. Most likely in the immediate, you see Vince Velasquez go back to the bullpen as a long man. Johnny Cueto comes up, and they hang on to Dallas for a little bit longer. When Lance Lynn comes back, maybe that's when the tough decisions have to be made about Dallas, Vince, Cueto, whoever. It's another few weeks of data that you get to collect on all three of those guys. And with his rough start the other day, I assume that the White Sox don't necessarily care about the results. They care about the innings, especially down in AAA. A bunch of band boxes down there. So if they're expecting him to come back and Tony La is talking as such, the results don't necessarily matter. Well, yes and no, right? I mean, because here's the thing. You don't know what you're going to get from Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto is still a mystery. I mean, he went unsigned for so long for a reason. I mean, he's he is not the same guy that he was when he was Johnny Cueto. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so how, there's no guarantee that he's going to be better than Dallas Keuchel. There's no guarantee that he's going to be better than Vince Velasquez. Mm-hmm. And he might come up here and he might pull an Odrisimer Despagne and get crushed for three games and then he's gone. I mean, this is... or Or he could be the... Diamond in the rough signing that, you know, propels the White Sox to the World Series. I don't know. I don't think anybody knows. You say the results don't matter. They don't in that he's probably still going to get his chance and get his shot regardless. But I don't I don't think you can say that he's got some long leash to go out there and just kind of figure it out at the major league level in a season where you're trying to win the World Series. So, I mean, I would watch it closely. I, I, I don't, you know... it's not that the results were going to dictate whether he was going to be here or not. That's what it sounds like from the way Tony LaRusso has been talking about him at least. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to see him, but if the results are the same when he comes up to the big leagues that they were last night when he was pitching for Charlotte, he's not going to be here very long. Mm -mm. Right. Well, and that's the thing too. I mean, in the contract, you know, if he doesn't make it up to the major leagues by May 15th, the White Sox can release him. So it does seem like the plan is for him to make it up to the major leagues to at least give them something. But let's look back on why the the signing was made. They weren't looking to add Johnny Cueto to this rotation. It was because Lance Lynn was injured. So hopefully they can get a start or two starts out of Johnny Cueto enough for them to hold off to get Lance Lynn back in the rotation because we do know that once he's back you can look at Dylan Cease you can look at Lucas Giolito you can look at Michael Kopech you can look at Lance Lynn and feel very good about those four it's just about figuring out that fifth and when you have Johnny Cueto who has that much experience when you have Vince Velasquez who has that much experience and you have Dallas Keuchel who has that much experience it is okay I feel kind of playing musical chairs here figuring out which guy is the best for that role it does if it does feel like Vince Velasquez also, um, it, it, again, I, I love that you're bringing up that point that they they wanted him to start off kind of as a bullpen swingman because, you know, he's not going away from the role that he was originally brought in from. And I think he's done a nice job to at least, you know, earn that spot to, to be moved into. Might affect Tanner Banks, though. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, we'll see. You say musical chairs, but... It's musical chairs in a, in a pretty short window because if 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 you think that if you think that Cueto or Keuchel are the odd man out, they're gone, right? I mean, they're they're gone. They're not pitching out of the bullpen for you. Velasquez at least had came into this season with the expectation that he could be doing both or 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 just the bullpen if everybody had stayed healthy, and so you can probably put him there with more confidence than you can the other two. Who, let's be honest, might not even accept such an assignment again not to cast aspersions on their you know uh their team player-ness but just to say that 
it might not work. They, they, they might not be compatible with that kind of role well, the way Velasquez might be. And Dallas is making $18 million to be a starter. And also, you know, he, he, he has a, a, cl- a clause that if he throws 160 innings, he'll make more money. Uh, so he is looking to do that. So absolutely, I think that not only it's about, you know, team player stuff, but it's, it's also personal business. He's trying to make sure that his personal stuff is taken care of. So I, I absolutely think that you're right, that it might be tricky to force Dallas Keuchel to go into a bullpen role. And they didn't even force him to do that last year in the postseason. They just left him off the postseason roster entirely. So it will be an interesting discussion here to figure out who really earns that fifth starter spot because if it is Vince Velasquez they're going to have uh some some issues here because Johnny Cueto is four million dollars uh you know for his salary and and you know Dallas Keuchel is 18 million dollars and moving those guys to the bullpen would be tough but in the championship window you got to put out your best five starters right Herb correct I I wholeheartedly agree with you and it'll be a tough pill to swallow for the White Sox but it's sunk costs I hope they believe that, like I believe that, like most White Sox believe that if Dallas Keuchel's not the guy, man, it's been tough. Enjoy your eighteen million somewhere else, kid. Well, and you right. just saw you just saw when a team is when a team wants to win the World Series, they'll do a lot of crazy things, including paying Robinson Cano Ooh. forty million dollars to go away. Ooh. Yes, uh, and what a trade that was. I mean, at least they got Edwin Diaz to close out their second no-hitter because outside of that, that trade looks rough, friends. And if you have $18 million, you can help support CHGO by putting it into a points bet account. Download the points bet app and use code CHGO. Not all of it. I know. You do that right. Hey, it's, it's buy, risk-free. If you, you can buy a right lot now, of CHGO memberships with that. <laughs> yeah, really. It's a lot of risk-free bets. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, again, $18 million is more than $50. You'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. PointsBet is your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better introducing points bets newest feature the live nba same game parlay for the first time ever you can build the perfect live nba same game parlay only with points bet combine your favorite bets anytime during the game and if you want more you can also boost your live same game parlays they want to help you win more money you can watch live parlay live and boost live with points bet online sign up is available in illinois you can download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 i lived my bet life yesterday betting jose abreu to hit a home run he did he yes eight dollars into 62 dollars. so make sure you are using those promo codes chgo when you sign up to get two risk free bets up to two thousand dollars with points bet also want to mention CHGO. Herb, you were in the shirt. You were in the shirt yesterday. No, you just I'm not wearing, wearing the shirt a nice today. Chicago sky shirt. But you see the logo behind Herb and Vinny. You see it down in the corner. You see the Brawler Socks uh, logo. If you like that shirt, why don't you become a member of CHGO? Go to allchgo.com. Sign up to become a member. When you do, you get a free T-shirt when you sign up. You get your choice. So you can pick the Brawler Socks. We got a lot of different great choices in the CHGO locker. When you do sign up, you get that free shirt. You get premium access to written content by, oh, Vinny Duber, Ryan Herrera. Uh, you also get access to Jared Willis's content and all of the content from all of our teams. So Bears, Hawks, Bulls. We have you covered at allchgo.com, and you also get the chance to join our Discord, the CHGO Lounge. We had members, CHGO members, ask us mailbag questions for our mailbag you know, off-day show, which is today. We'll get to those in a little bit. But if you want to be able to participate in our CHGO Lounge, becoming a member is the best way to do so at allchgo.com. 
Moncada.com. All right, real quick, I just want to have this conversation. Moncada is coming back. Uh, and, and, and Herb, I just got your text. No worries. There's no athletic greens today. I got you, my man. We love <laughs> athletic greens. <laughs> eight eight, eight ounces to 12 ounces in some water. You shake it up. You drink it. It's great. Uh, <laughs> and you can use code CHGOSOX, athleticgreens.com slash CHGOSOX. There you go. I basically did the read for you. Um, but, yeah, no, we're good. I, I got you. I got you, Herb. Oh, man. Don't worry. I'll drive the show, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's go to Yon Mankata because he will be returning. And uh, I just want to talk about where he's going to be in the lineup. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts here, Vinny. I know you love playing the lineup game. Uh, so if, if you want to you know, not entertain this question, that's fine. But Yon Mankata returning to the lineup, what does it mean to you? How does this help the Chicago White Sox? I mean, it helps them immensely. They get a great player back in the lineup. And I mean, nothing against Jake Berger. He's come up with some, some good moments for these White Sox uh, over the first month or so here. But he's not Yoan Moncada, and I think uh, you know between the on-base ability that Yoan Moncada brings, I think between the defensive ability that he brings, you're talking about two areas that everybody's been begging the White Sox to improve in. Here you go, Moncada's <laughs> going to do it. Uh, you know he obviously uh, had less power than was desired from a lot of the fan base last year, but I don't think that stopped him from having a really good, really positive season. And in this kind of lineup, he doesn't have to carry the whole load. He just has to be a positive contributor. And I, it's crazy to say, considering three years ago, we, you know, he was being mentioned as a future MVP candidate, but Hey, that's the kind of lineup that this team has right now. And, and if they're starting to get rolling a bit here, or if they start getting rolling again here. We, we saw him score two runs on uh, dribbler base <laughs> hits that beat the shift last night, maybe unintentionally beat the shift last night, but um, Moncada is only going to improve that. And uh, so obviously it's a big deal to get him back as for where he's going to bat. I think he can kind of bat all over and you made you know, you made fun of me for not caring about the lineup and I don't care about the lineup, <laughs> but the, I think something to bring up is that there are certain guys who have more, lineup versatility than others, Yoan Moncada might be the guy on the White Sox who has the most in that he can bat anywhere in that lineup and you see it as a good spot for him to bat because of the um, versatility in his skill set. If you want to bat him a second, he can get on base for you. You want to bat him sixth, he can drive in a run for you. Not everybody has, you know, the the complete offensive package that he he does. And because he does, he can kind of bat wherever and it looks right. And yeah, absolutely. Sean, and I it, go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Like you have a guy that is a top five third baseman. I don't know if you guys believe that out there in the uh, tech zone. I believe he's a top five third baseman. Both out there all, in the tech zone. Techs. Oh no, not the tech zone. Tech zone or the text. comments. Zone. I see the chat is what you're yeah. describing. Yeah. Okay. The text we, zone. We used, to, we used to call. I'm still the, the score. I we used to call it the tech zone. We used to actually have a the T zone, Xfinity tech zone. Um, he is a top five third baseman, bar none. He hits well. I know he doesn't hit for power like he was wanted to, but we still don't know about COVID and if he's still struggling with that. He is a great baseball player when he plays. I don't know why White Sox fans detest him so much you should be loving this guy because when he comes back as Vinny says he does exactly what you want him to do he gets on base almost 38 percent of the time last year and he fields his position very very well bat him second bat him third bat him sixth bat him seventh wherever put him in the lineup he's got him Connor you got him batting ninth and I'll tell you this again fine that's a good point turn the lineup over right but my god 
please, if Tony La Russa bats Moncada ninth, the amount of texts that I'm going to get about why Leuri <laughs> is batting seventh and why Moncada is ninth, I, I really would just prefer that those that just did not me. happen. Yeah, those are just texts yeah. from the text zone over here. So, uh, yeah, that let's maybe maybe wait a bit on that until, uh, you know, we get to August or something and I can I can handle it a little bit better. Connor, you it don't believe in it? Like, he's a – I know, in the entire league, Connor, I believe – in the entire league, Yohan Moncada is a top five third baseman. Yes. Yeah, I disagree with you on that. I know you do because you hate. You're well, I mean, I mean, just, just real quick. Jose Ramirez, Austin Riley, Rafael Devers, Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado. I think that's the top five right there. I think it's a pretty tough, hard top five to argue there. And you could also throw Matt Chapman up there. He's nope. he's top ten for sure. I'll, I'll go with that. But nope. I don't know about top five. Top five is pretty good. All of them? No, not all of them. I, I love my man Manuel Arturo Machado. He he's the yeah. best player in the league right now. Manny Machado is having a great year. Uh, I think when Yoan Moncada's yeah, right, yes, Jose he's, he's on on those levels. Yes, he is on those levels. Yes, one hundred percent. He's on the level, but I don't think he's had seasons like those guys yet. Ramirez has been an MVP candidate before. Arenado's been an MVP candidate before. Machado's been an MVP candidate before. Um, you know, obviously James Vegan gave uh, Mancada a vote, which I think was fair uh, back in 2019. Uh, but I tenth I do place, think if that, memory you know, serves, right? Yes, it was his tenth place. It was. Yeah, it was let's not fair. go you know, crushing I, James for you yeah, know. Yeah. Let, let's not be Phil Rogers here. Um, yeah, no, I, I understand. Yeah, I'm, I, ooh, I was fine ooh. with James Vegan giving the, uh, the the vote. What I mean, James hey, Phil Rogers got Phil Rogers getting a necessary shrapnel today. He went after oh, James. I, he did. I know. Yeah. He, did. Yeah, he went. <laughs> he went after James with another bad take of his. I'll throw shrapnel ooh, wherever ooh. I can. Um, Ooh, Phil Rogers let, hates segment. But real quick with, with Mankata, I do think that him batting second will be important. I think that I would like to see that happen, just split up uh, Anderson and Robert's aggression. We saw that work yesterday. They scored five runs. Uh, I don't like that Adam Engel was getting more at-bats than Luis Robert, uh, but if it's Yoan Mankata and not Adam Engel, I think I'd be fine with that. So I think I'd like to see Anderson, Mankata, and then Robert, one, two, three, Abreu, four, Grandal, five, and then the embarrassment of riches after, uh, including Leary Garcia. All right, Let's go to the CHGO Lounge. We talked about the Monday mailbag. It's the off-day mailbag. We'll go to the questions from our good old uh, members at the CHGO Lounge. We'll start off with Leonard. He said, when this team is back to full strength in June, how back are you comfortable with the Sox being checks notes to the Twins? Do you still have confidence in the division is still in play if they are far back in June? So where would you guys feel most comfortable? Uh, you know, if the Sox are five games back in June of the Twins, three back games back of June, do you think they'll overtake the Twins by June? Uh, just looking ahead because the Twins have been red hot so far. They currently lead the American League Central. I think the White Sox are, by the end of this month, they might be catching up to the Twins. Twins are playing great baseball. But as we said, they're getting reinforcements back for the White Sox. And they're playing better baseball themselves. So in June, if they're five games back, I'll be very disappointed at that time, unless the Twins just go on an ungodly uh, stretch here. They don't have the pitching, I don't think, to carry them. They saw last night Dylan Bundy become Dylan Bundy in uh, Baltimore, and the Orioles taking advantage of the Twins. I think that's going to be more the regular than what's been happening early in the season for the Twins. So, by the end of this month, I think the White Sox will be close, if not pass, by, pass up the Twins. A lot of time left. A lot of time left. And it, here's the thing. It doesn't need to be June, right? I mean, I know that's the question is like, you know, how far back in June do they have to be in order to, to call this thing? But 
I mean, the point is that there's three months after the end of June, and you can get to the end of July, and uh, the trade deadline can shake things up completely. So uh, it doesn't really matter where they are in June, which is kind of odd to say, but we, we, we only have to go back to the Washington Nationals winning the World Series, being in fourth place or whatever, pretty deep into the calendar. So um, it's... It, I don't want to say it doesn't matter. They can't be down by, you know, 15 games or anything like that. <laughs> they have another month like they just had in April. Things are going to, you know, get out of hand in a hurry. But that goes both ways. You know what I mean? The White Sox are going to play better than they played in April. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Twins play worse than they played in April. You know, water finds its level, so to speak. Now, maybe right. the Twins are a lot better than we thought they were going to be. But, okay, the White Sox are probably a lot better than they've shown that they are so far. So, Hardly, hardly uh, a, a time to be making decisions on where the standings are going to be a month from now because we have no idea. <laughs> yes, and I, def- I definitely feel like I, I let you guys know that the Twins were going to be an issue. They've started off very well so far, and the big thing, too, has been health. Carlos Correa has played 23 games. Jorge Polanco has played 24 games. Luis Arise, who Tony La Russa is deathly afraid of, has played 23 games, and Byron Buxton was out for a little bit, but you know, still playing 16 games, that's more than Aloy Jimenez has played, so you know, they've had some good luck there with injuries and their pitching has shown out it really shows how smart of an organization the twins are so I think you know as long as it's like three and a half games as long as it's not too far back on where they currently are I think Herb and Vinny are right uh you know they'll still keep they'll stay competitive and it's all about winning games against those teams so if they have a good you know three game series against the twins they'll be able to make up a lot of ground right there let's go to the next question this one is from mikey uh do other teams mess around with players positions and batting order as much as the Sox do hard to build consistency when it's different guys every game i think he's referring to the fact that adam ingle uh you know batting second yesterday we've seen Lear garcia up in the order at second and third um i know that tony kind of has this philosophy that you know guys deserve chances just because they've been playing on the team for a while. Tony being a longtime player, I think he understands, you know, how to relate to players. I think it is very much a clubhouse balancing thing, but we do see a lot of different lineups from Tony Larusa. Not a lot of consistent placings for people. Jose Abreu was probably pretty consistent in that third spot, but now we've seen him move to the fourth spot. So Vinny, uh, what are your thoughts on, you know, them moving guys around the diamond and them moving guys around the lineup? Yeah, I'll say a couple of things. First of all, to the point that you just made, I just want to clarify, I don't think he's putting guys in the lineup because, you know, as like a reward for some sort of off-field, you know, good guy kind of situation. He has said to us before, and because we, we asked him this all throughout last year when he was, you know, playing Jake Lamb and Brian Goodwin and, and Billy Hamilton all the time, and it was, listen, his, his, his reasoning made sense, and it was, you know, these guys need to help us these guys need to be able to come off the bench and get a big pinch hit or come off the bench as a defensive replacement. You can't, they can't do that if they haven't been playing. And I think that throughout the course of the season, it's not going to be your game seven of the world series lineup every single day. It can't be, there's 162 games. Guys need to be rested. And on the other hand, guys need to be played. Guys need to be ready. Um, and so I'll say that to answer the question, Yes, other teams do this. That's I, I think I think that's how baseball works, and I understand it's frustrating because we, as 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 fans and observers and people who grew up watching the game and playing, uh, you know, the ancillary things. Right? I'm thinking of a video game. You play you play the video game. Uh, you know, every game you're starting the same lineup because those are right. the best players, and they're all 100, percent and none of them have to ever take an off day because uh, you know you're trying to win every single game that you're playing. The White Sox it's are trying to game do seven. 
It's always game seven. What do you are you one of the guys that fast forwards through the whole season? You sim the whole yeah. season and just play the World <laughs> Series. Oh my God, my best friend does that. I'm like, dude, wh- what are you doing? You bought the game to play a baseball season. Why are you fast forwarding just to get to the end? The trades are the best part. Come on, that's that's why I do it. I'm just it's just GM simulator. But no, yeah, I, I, I I I like your point. Every game isn't game seven like like a video game would be. Yeah, and I think and I think the idea is that you know everybody gets played around and moved around because you're trying to figure out what works, right? And not only that, you're riding a hot hand. The guy who's got the hot bat that might be able to bat second in in May is not the same guy that's going to be hot and maybe able to bat second in October. You play the matchups, right? Everybody's, uh, you know, uh, scratching their head over Adam Angle. Adam Angle was came into yesterday's game batting almost 500 at Wrigley Field in his career. I mean, you, sometimes you got to do that stuff, and you roll the dice, and, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But there's 162 of these, and 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 you got to be able to take that marathon and figure out what works and figure out what doesn't. Try something different every single day because there you're going to be faced with a new set of parameters every single day. You know what I mean? This guy's feeling this way. This guy's not feeling this way. This guy's hot. This guy's a good glove. So I, I think that uh, people see that and they get frustrated because it's like, what are you doing? Obviously, Adam yeah, Engel yeah. is not as good as Luis Robert. What's going on? <laughs> but uh, it's 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 a balancing act. It goes with the flow. Um, and I think that uh, that that yes, this happens all over baseball. I remember a few years ago going out to Cub games, and 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 Joe Madden was famous for every single day. It's a different thing, you know what I mean? And and I think you know you've seen success in guys being able to do that. If hey, if it was as easy as just writing the same lineup every day and sending the same nine guys out there, you wouldn't need a manager. And I have two points. Pipeline in USA, you're crazy. Top ten is a stretch for Yohan Moncada. He was literally the seventh best player at third base last year in fewer games than all the guys who are above him. And he, the one guy that's in front of him, you would argue that Yohan Mankata is better than Justin Turner moving forward. So, yes, he's a top five MVP or third baseman in the league. Yes, I'll state that again, damn it. Um, Herb's getting fired up. Secondly... I don't... Yeah, I care about the lineup and the construction. I just care because... With a team that doesn't get on base as much as the White Sox do, I would want more emphasis on them getting on base. With Yohan Moncada coming back, I would have Tim Anderson, Yohan Moncada, then Yasmani Grandal, then Jose Abreu in that lineup. And then keep it kind of similar. Yes, if Yohan needs a day, put somebody else in. Put Lurie Garcia at third. Put Josh Harrison at third to spell him and then put him lower in the lineup. But if you got a guy that's playing every day, these guys are creatures of habit. Keep them in the same order as much as you possibly can because then they, they'll know what their roles are. As Vinny says, some of these guys can't be moved. Like, Yoan can be because he has the flexibility to be the on-base guy and the RBI guy. I think also Yasmani has the flexibility of taking pitches and also it's, all right, it's time to hit a three-run home run guy. So he can be moved. But other guys, Tim and uh, Jose, pretty much had to be static. One and Jose in three and four. So... I don't necessarily mind him doing all these moves, but I saw a little too much of Lurie. I'm seeing way too much of Reese McGuire, and I understand the reason because they want to keep the fresh knees of Yasmani Grandal, but it's real tough, real tough. But, yeah, I'm a lineupista. I I think it cares. I know it's negligible. Most definitely at the end of 162, everything will wash out. These guys in September will be playing most of the games. I just, you know. I get mad at things that I can't control and I know they don't matter. 
That's just my personality, Sean. You know that. Well, yeah, absolutely. And that's what I love about you, Herb. Uh, you are always consistent. So, you know, I, I know what to bad. expect from you. You're consistent <laughs> on like the White Sox lineup. Um, and, and yeah, I think that it's it's interesting because we, you know, Matt, uh, we've been watching, the girlfriend and I have been watching some bad reality TV shows, um, you know, some dating shows. That's, that's and- hey, hey, that's, uh, that's, you don't need to use the same word twice. All reality oh, shows are bad, Sean. That's okay. Okay. Well, that's, Come that's on. fair. Uh, double negative right there. Um, but yeah, I, you know, there's, there's love is blind, and these people go on dates and just talk to people, and they figure out what they don't want from each other. Right now, we're going through the bad blind dates of we don't want Adam Engel to bat second. Um, it's all about getting to October. So yeah, I, I'm not too upset at the lineups, and I do think it was interesting because you're right, Vinny. I mean, Kyle, Kyle Hendricks uh, versus Adam Engel. Engel had a batting average of 375, and he was hitting 500. Uh, in Wrigley Field you know we saw what Matt Foster could do for you in the eighth inning why not see what Adam Engel can do for you uh, at the second spot so I, I think that is it is a good point uh, let's go to the next question the final question here uh, there was a question too from other Sean he asked uh, you know who will be sent down uh, when Joe call uh, Joe Kelly gets called up we said Bennett Souza uh, we talked about that a little bit earlier but let's go to the final one this one's from Sam I know it's still only one month into the season but if this current slump the team is in continues for the most of a that would be the point of no return considering uh, or what would be the uh, point of no return considering that. So Herb, I want to go to you. Um, we talked about this before Vinny went on vacation. Uh, it was, they, they lost three straight and I was like, well, they could lose three more straight against Minnesota. <laughs> and Vinny's like, well, you know, it's a long season. You never know. They ended up losing them. <laughs> but I, I do want to talk to you about, you know, if the White Sox do have a bad couple series here, we saw them lose three against the Guardians. They're going up against a tough Red Sox team that was in the playoffs last year, a tough Yankees team that is red hot. Um, let's say they have another bad nine-game stretch here. I mean, what what does that do for the Sox? Wouldn't be good. They won't be out of it. I know this team is better than they've shown on paper. The 11-13 is not who they are. So I feel kind of great about it. Like, they've played this poorly, and they're still 11-13. That's good. That's a good thing to look forward to. Now, if they continue, and if it falls off the table, it's not going to be a good thing for the White Sox, but I don't think you panic you, I'm going to get mad. You, these shows will be will be pissed off, but they have a lot of season to go, and a lot of the back of the baseball card wouldn't have shown up then at that point. I think if we're losing all these games, depending on how Minnesota goes, they're not going to run away and hide from the White Sox. No matter what, we're going to see the real White Sox show up one of these days with the full roster. So, yes, it won't be good. But don't give up on the White Sox if they have a bad May going against good teams. Because guess what? There's some bad teams coming up, too. So we're good. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's easy to look at the last couple of games and, and get excited about what the White Sox could do. But remember, you know, the Cubs are pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, if they're, not every game is going to be against the team that bad. But Just terrible. The, but as you said, here's what I think about, too. Uh, they've yet to lose a series at home this year. Yes, I mean, I mean, you know, it, listen. It it goes to show you the the magnification that gets placed on the early part of the season, right? Because basically, they had one terrible road trip. They they lost they mm-hmm. lost six games on a on one six game road trip. It was horrendous, and that has colored the entire opinion of the season at the moment because there's not a a very big sample size to go from. Uh, as time goes on that sample size is going to get much bigger. And so uh, it, it'll be very interesting to see how they play in Boston. 
It'd be very interesting to see the next time they go on the road after that when they have an actual road trip that isn't, you know, half at home, basically, like the like the the one they're on now was. So, you know, they 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 split that series with the Angels. But before that, you got to go back to the to the homestand that was the Rays and the Mariners, which seems like it was like five months ago (laughs) at this point. Uh, You know, it wasn't that long ago. And, And so everything gets magnified in April. Let's see what they do in May. And listen. If, if May isn't great, then let's see what they do in June. I mean, the this the season is so damn long for a reason. And 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 you can see that it tests your team not just how good you can play for 30 days, but how good you can play for 162 games. Well, and how quickly it can turn around. Let's look at the Red Sox. They're playing the Angels that the White Sox just shut out uh in, in uh you know two games out of four games. On Tuesday, they end up beating the Angels four to nothing. And then yesterday, they're winning. All throughout the game, they're up. I think it's uh, what, what was it like uh, five, it four, five, five, to four, five to four, five ninth. to four, and then in the ninth inning they gave up six runs. So it's like you know it could change in an instant. It could change in a frame. It could change in an inning. You never know. And hey, maybe the Red Sox now go on a five-game losing streak, and the Sox just met them at the right time. So it it could go either way. The White Sox could be in first place by the end of May, and going up against KPW's Blue Jays, uh, we'll just have to wait and see. You got anything final, Herb? Yeah, and like you were saying. As Vinny pointed out earlier, the jumping off point for this White Sox current three-game winning streak was that ninth inning on Sunday. They eventually lost that game, but the f- the folks in the locker room were like, okay, that's that's what we are. This same thing could happen with the Red Sox. They were down to the last strike, and the Angels got a single, extended to the 10th, and then scored a bunch of runs in the 10th inning to demoralize the Red Sox and the Red Sox faithful there at Boston. Maybe after that game... They're down in the dumps. They're not playing good baseball right now. They're below 500, and maybe the White Sox can take advantage of a down Boston Red Sox team while they're in Boston. Take two out of three, maybe a sweep. Well, and I understand Pine Tar Keyboard's uh, point here, and then we'll we'll wrap it up at this point. Uh, Even if it's just one early road trip, it already likely costs them a chance at home field advantage if they make the playoffs. Sure, it's not the end of the season, but it uh, can't act like it's not a big deal either. Uh, That is true, but also if we're going with the extremes of an eight-game losing streak, they have seven games against the Yankees coming up. If they win all seven against the Yankees, they will be in first place in the American League. They're six and a half games back right now. Obviously, a lot would happen for that to perfectly uh, wrap up or line up. But, uh, yeah, it's 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 just, you know, it's it's a long season, like Vinny says. So, uh, And ke- thumbs up, Kevin, saying Sox have the easiest schedule in the MLB in the last month of the season, too. So maybe they just have a really good end of the year. Vinny, did you have something? Well, I'll just say, it's at? not to say that losing eight straight games or, or 11 of 13 or whatever it was is meaningless from a mathematic standpoint. It's just that to say that you cannot draw a be-all, end-all conclusion about where this team is going to end up five months from now based on what it did over the course of a week and a half. So I, th- I think that uh, I, I, I agree that, you know, in the end, the math might shake out, but you could collect any eight losses throughout the rest of the year. Let's say they just romp the rest of the season, right, just for hypothetical. They're still going to lose eight games at some point, you know, not in a row, but they're still going to lose eight games. You can go grab those and say, oh, those eight games dotted over the course of two months is the reason they didn't get home field advantage. I mean, that if you're going to, you know, go as vacuum-y, you know, right, as that. (laughs) So I, I think that the whole point is that, yeah, it was bad. It didn't look good, but it doesn't dictate what you do a week later, let alone five months later. 
Absolutely. And if you are looking for the White Sox to turn it around, you can get the White Sox to win the AL Central uh, for plus money. That's honestly my pick of the week today for points bet. If you want to support CHGO and what we do here, Download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever, so you could start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem call 100-52-4700. Right now, point, pick of the week uh, for PointsBet uh, will be the Chicago White Sox. Their future division uh, prop here, plus 120 for them to win the AL Central. They are three and a half games back of the Minnesota Twins, who also have plus 120 odds to win the AL Central. But I'm going to ride with the White Sox. It is a long season, and it does feel like it is turning around for the Sox. They were at minus 200 when the season started. So, uh, you know, just after 24 games, how things can change. What will the next 24 bring is uh, what I'm asking myself because it could be a lot good for the Sox. There was one more question. It was from uh, Mailbag Jack uh, or Mailman Jack, Mailbag Jack, Mailman Back, Ma- Mailman Jack. And he said, are we expecting Mankata and Kelly in Boston? Uh, no, Cleveland on Monday. And let's go to the Boston series starting on Friday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for the Sox versus the Sox. You have Vince Velasquez versus Nathan Eovaldi on Friday. What do you guys think of the pitching matchup when we saw Vince Velasquez had a good outing last time? What are the Sox looking for Vince Velasquez in the start? Yeah, more of the same, right? I mean, I think, uh, you know, you got a guy who who went out there and, and showed some progress. Uh, you know what I mean? I don't think we're ready to crown him the next Ethan Katz success story quite yet. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you were looking... You were looking for him to deliver positive contributions for this team, especially fans after the way they saw the the numbers from from really Vince's whole career, but particularly last year. Um, you've got you got something positive, and I, I think that if that can be the case moving forward, then it's a it's a th- thrilling signing for the White Sox because uh, looking at it objectively. With the way the the numbers were, you were like, oh "Boy, all right, let's see what he can do." And you know, to for him to go out and give you one good one, that's really good. But now he needs to go out and give you another good one. And he's still remember, guys, he is still just the first depth arm right now. He is not anything more than the number six starter right now, just pressed into duty because of injuries. But uh, you know. If he can succeed in that role, that is necessary for the White Sox to accomplish the goals that they're they're trying to accomplish this year. So uh, you got one good one. What are the what to expect from him this time around? They're hoping that he can give him another good one. Vince Velasquez and the bullpen shut off the Angels for the first time this season. That Angels vaunted lineup that just went to Boston and scored ten runs versus them, he shut them down, and that's got to build confidence knowing that. He's got the stuff that plays. And Boston is not the team that is the Angels. As we had a commenter say earlier, the only one that's hitting is Xander Bogarts right now. So I feel that Vince Velasquez, he might not shut down the Boston Red Sox, but I feel he's going to give us a chance to win that game. All I'm looking for is Vince Velasquez. I look at him as a fifth starter. Give me five innings, four on runs or less. It's not a lot to ask for. But that's what I'm asking for every time he takes the bump. Give the White Sox a chance to win, and that's fine. His role is a fifth starter. 
for now. Just go out there and do the, do what you can, can do. The Angels thing is an anomaly. I don't think that will happen again for the season. But Vince Velasquez has impressed me so far with his, uh, his work he's done for the White Sox. Yeah, it is funny. I mean, he had a lot of confidence. Uh, I remember that's what he said after the game, just uh, feeling like it was one of his better outings. So it's interesting to see how he will build off of it because this was around the time where we really started to feel that magic around Carlos Rodon, a little bit of that magic around Michael Kopech. Uh, it started building up a little bit more and more for Cease around this time. I'm not saying it will happen with Vince Velasquez. He's a different pitcher than those three guys that I just mentioned. But, I mean, Ethan Katz, we've seen that he's he's been able to get results before. So this will be an interesting start either way because we'll either see Vince Velasquez of old return. Uh, but if he, if he comes out and shows another good performance like he did against the Angels, I, I think the fans will be a lot, a lot, you know, less vitriol or have such a less vitriolic response towards Vince Velasquez because, you know, the stuff, the stuff has looked good so far. It just hasn't been exactly pinpoint. Vitriol Vince is what they're calling him. Uh, but <laughs> yes. I think, I think more important than, you know, what are, what are they going to get is maybe what's on the line. And I, I mean, we talked about it earlier and I think, you know, if Vince Velasquez goes out there and gets shelled, is he is he gonna make another start next week? You know what I mean? Like they've got Johnny Cueto coming. Like it's it's odd. I don't. I mean, like it's just you don't know what's gonna happen. And and you're, we're gonna talk about it Saturday and Sunday. Sox still haven't announced who their probable starters are. You would have to imagine that Dallas Keuchel would be one of those games, but um, we obviously don't know for sure. If Dallas pitches uh, on Saturday or Sunday, the stakes could be high for him too. Uh, and and. You know, Johnny Cueto getting knocked around a little bit last night, you know, colors this conversation a little differently, but it does sound like he's coming. And so you got to find a spot for him. Uh, Velasquez and Keiko both good starts this weekend could make a big difference in, in what their uh, immediate future is uh, for, uh, in this rotation. Yeah, and we'll see if, uh, you know, what, what they're going to do with the starters after Vince Velasquez. It's currently TBD. Dallas Keuchel probably will start on Saturday. Dylan Cease will probably start on Sunday. We won't see Johnny Cueto this weekend, but maybe uh, Johnny Cueto replaces either Keuchel or Vince Velasquez, uh, as you were alluding to there. But uh, on Saturday, are we expecting Keuchel versus Pavetta? I mean... I guess that's the order of the rotation right now. I think what you do have to look at and keep in mind is the off day today and the fact that the White Sox have been very adamant about trying to get their starting pitchers as much rest as they can during the season. You saw it work to great effect last year with Carlos Rodon, where, and again, that was kind of by necessity because of, you know, his uh, situation with not having thrown very much the previous few years, but you know, you they, they who's getting six, seven, eight, nine, ten days sometimes between starts, and it, it worked very well. Every time he had more rest, he went out there and he throwed great, throwed, threw great. Um, and, threw it. Yeah, he threw it. And it could be <laughs> a situation where you could you maybe see a similar strategy employed with a guy like Dylan Cease, who with a guy like Lucas Giolito. You know, even when it comes to veterans like Lynn and Keuchel, and remember to Michael Kopech. They, they need to manage his innings as the season goes along. Uh, they're never going to, like, shut him down. But so the way that they're going to be able to do this is by giving him six or seven days between starts, maybe that off day, maybe the rearranging of the rotation is to benefit that plan and to get Michael some more rest uh, as they try to make sure that he is okay for September and October. So do you think they're going to do, like, a de facto six-man rotation where it's not all these guys get starts, but... We're going to try to get Michael Kopech like 
the six, seven, eight days of rest that sometimes we gave Carlos Rodon last year while putting in Vince Velasquez because he's good or Dallas Keiko or Johnny Cueto. And you're doing that with those fifth starters as, okay, this time you're pitching as the fifth starter. The next time you might be skipped over because we don't need you because Michael Kopech, we have a couple days in between so you can pitch now. It's possible. I mean, that sounds like something that they would do, right? And, and I think that um, they're going to try to go. I mean, what does Rick Hahn keep calling what they're going to do with Michael Kopech? Creative, right? Creative. So I think that you could very well see some creative stuff like Herb was just talking about. Uh, and, you know, maybe that means like fake bullpen days where, yeah, you send Velasquez to the bullpen maybe, but he gets the start once every couple of weeks or something like that. And then obviously the schedule is going to dictate a lot of that as well. Can they play with an off day here or there? When you get into long stretches like the one they're about to start on, that becomes more difficult and maybe you do need to get more creative. Absolutely. Uh, the White Sox will see Nathan Eovaldi on Friday. I'm worried about that matchup. A big right-handed pitcher. I think he's right-handed. Now I'm thinking that he's left. Yeah, he is right-handed. right-handed. Uh, he's so right-handed. The White Sox. Yeah, the, the, the right. The, yes, exactly. Like Ryan Buckfish. Uh, yeah, he's he's got a big, big fastball, ugly, ugly breaking balls. I think the White Sox will have very, very, very tough time facing Eovaldi on Friday. They got Nick Pavetta on Saturday, also a righty, but much, much worse, has trouble finding the zone. And then on Sunday, they have Michael Walker, uh, who, is not, who is not a uh, Tony Larusa disciple, but was in the uh, in the organization uh, with the same time as uh, Tony. So it'll be interesting. Ozzy Bear's see favorite what, favorite pitcher. Walk Ozzy Bear? You don't you don't Ozzy Bear? You don't like the Muppets? You're not a no, Waka Waka oh, Waka, oh. Waka Waka? Come on. No, I just it went over my head. I understand it now. Um no, I, I, I I thought you meant like it was Ozzy Gian's favorite pitcher. I was like, that's such an <laughs> odd thing for Michael Waka to be Ozzy Gian's favorite pitcher. Probably but Michael Guys, Michael there Waka is, is like, life outside of the White Sox, believe it or not. Ozzy so. is different than Ozzy. It's true. I don't, I don't know about this. Uh, Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, anyways, uh, Michael Waka on Sunday. Waka Waka. Uh, he will be a very difficult matchup for the Sox. Uh, if they want to first pitch swing against him, uh, he's been very, very good at negating power uh, on the first pitch. Two of 14 people are swinging first pitch. So if the White Sox want to win this week, they will need to be patient versus Eovaldi, Pavetta, and Waka. We'll see if they're able to do that. We'll have a pregame show for you on Sunday starting at 10 a.m. It's brunch with the boys. It's back. Uh, Vinny, Herb, and I will be talking about the Peacock game on uh, 10 a.m. on Sunday uh, between Michael Waka and Dylan Cease, likely. So for Vinny Duber, you can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer. You can read his work at allchgo.com. Herb Lawrence is the man on the left. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. I'm the man in the bubble, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. For this week of White Sox baseball, we will talk to you next week. And thank you very much to the important members of Fleetwood Mac and for their 1979 album, Tusk. It clearly isn't uh, a reason why the White Sox are losing because they just started winning, and I'm still saying this. So thankfully, uh, we still have Tusk, and thankfully we have White Sox baseball. Go Sox, and we will talk to you on Sunday.